Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Nicola and this is Aspen Talks Health where we discuss new healing modalities, alternative healing modalities, and how we can shift ourselves to a more compassionate way of living. Today we're talking about how to embrace your challenges today so that you can have a more promising future. And with me is Dr. Uh, Sorry, Constance Clancy. I want to say your last name first. <laughs> Dr. Constance Clancy, she is a licensed mental health counselor and a hypnotherapist. I'm so excited that you're on the show. Thank you, Nicola. It's nice to be here. My pleasure. So uh, we actually had a hypnotherapy session this morning. It was we wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. We're going to dive into that shortly. But uh, first, let's tell me just about what you do. All right. Well, I've been in the mental health business for about 30 years. And I like to consider myself a holistic mental health therapist, a life enhancement coach. And I operate from a holistic perspective using mind, body, spirit, and emotions so that we can return to wholeness and balance because that's really how we came in. And if we can be whole and balanced in our lives, life operates a lot more smoothly day to day. Yeah, sure does. That's true. Um, so... What are some common challenges that your clients face? There's a real spectrum of challenges, but I would say largely uh, people come in and maybe they're struggling with their self-image. They may feel inadequate or they may feel they have a sense of worthlessness or hopelessness about their future. Um, some people are struggling with relationship issues and they're maybe at a crossroads in their life mm -hmm. and they want some couples counseling as well. So we really start with there's a lot more right with you than not right with you. With you Aww. and just build from a really healthy perspective as much as possible and then we delve into the specifics and then we look at some tools in the toolbox to see what might be the best integrative approach for them to use. Good we're gonna get to the tools shortly okay. but what is some common inner dialogue that you experience? I'm not good enough. Yeah, hear that a lot. You know, what's wrong with me? I feel inadequate. I think oftentimes people compare themselves to others and that helps them feel a sense of inadequacy because they see the other person as better them than they are. However, we're all equal. There's mm -hmm. nobody better or worse. If we can just all look at ourselves from source as one and we operate from that perspective and dynamic, I think we can get along a lot better in life. Yeah, that's true. What, the, what about the uh, I'll be happy when? Ah, I hear a lot of that. I'll be happy when I lose 10 pounds, when I get that degree, when I get that job that I've been wanting for years. Um, and, and what I try to help people with is to stay in the moment and operate from a mindfulness perspective. I know that's a big buzzword these days, but when I was first trained in mindfulness back in the year 2000, you never heard the word. And what I learned is it's like hanging out with yourself. Just be right here, right now, in this present moment. And yeah. we call it for short MBSR, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, because we all have stress. And it's normal to have stress, or we'd stay in bed and put the covers up over our head. Right. But if we can learn the art of staying in the moment, being present, and being grounded in right here, right now, then we're not out in the future worrying about it. Mm. So that helps a lot, too. That makes a lot of sense and it does help a lot. Yeah. So um, what are some common, uh, actually, you know what, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to play devil's advocate about um, can unhappiness actually be a driver to better behavior? 
If someone is willing to make the necessary changes in life, um, somebody might come in and say, you know, I'm just not happy. And they might say, but I want to be. Mm. And I say, well, you're here. So obviously, because you're here and you want to work on yourself, tells me that you are motivated and there's a willingness for you to feel joy in your life again. Yeah. And that can happen. Yeah. A lot of the people are, that are in my life are, are, achiever, are achievement driven. Yeah. And so the, the drive, obviously, is to accomplish, but there's also a feeling of I'll be good enough when I accomplish. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's a, an interesting one, to be happy where you are. Right. And that helps to get where you want to be. And yeah, a, yeah and, and such a nicer journey. Absolutely. Instead of struggling and I'll be better when or I'll be happier mm. when, yeah. it's how about accepting yourself right here, right now, in this present moment, exactly for who you are. Yeah. Instead of trying to struggle to get ahead, look and accept your gifts and your strengths that you already have within you. Yeah. And I really help people to look inside and talk about what is it within you that you feel good about. And you, I know you're going to say, well, what if they say nothing at all? No. We somehow <laughs> come up with a way yeah. for them to have one attribute, maybe just one, yeah. that they can say, you know what? I like this about myself. Yeah. And I can use this to build myself and work on my strengths and my gifts. I love Because we that. all have them. That's so true. It's the inner critic that um, challenges mm -hmm. it. You know, just like the intro to this show, I, I, I botched a little. And, it's, and then that inner critic goes, oh, you know, you're messing up, you know. <laughs> and we all do. Right? If we could just accept ourselves for that. And guess what? We're not perfect. Right. So many of us strive to be, but that doesn't exist. So let's just be okay with who we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah love that. Um, so what are some tools for accessing the subconscious and that inner critic and that dialogue? The main tool that I like to use is the hypnotherapy. Yeah. Um, it's basically relaxed, focused concentration. I have a massage table in my office. You lie on the table. I like to create a nice ambiance of yeah. some lavender. And um, I even have a little spray that I use to just bring out some love and blessings as we go through the session. And it's basically some breath work where mm. we do diaphragmatic breathing and getting comfortable with just relaxation. Again, relaxed, focused concentration. And I often use hypnotherapy, at, I demystify what people may think it is. You're like, start barking. <laughs> bark like a dog, cluck like a chicken. Often that's the stage yeah. um, for entertainment purposes, type of ah, hypnosis where, where someone has the pendulum and on the count of three, you're going to be out. You're huh. never out. As no. you witnessed this morning, right. you're awake. It's, it's full awakeness, yet it's relaxation. Mm -hmm. And through the breath work, you breathe in relaxation. You learn to breathe out any fears, any stress, any tension. And it just goes out into a gray mist, into the ethers. And then you are at a place where your subconscious mind can actually take in, receive, and absorb mm. and accept the suggestions that I give, which are all positive, and we call those post-hypnotic suggestions. And then the subconscious, because it's so powerful, it operates about 95% of the time, yes. takes all that information and accepts it and absorbs it, so that you can start operating from your subconscious in a healthy, productive way. I love it. 
It was a beautiful session. First Thank of all, you. your voice is, you go into this, even your voice now is amazing, but you go into this even more special, like soothing, incredible experience. It Thank was really you. Thank you. gorgeous just to listen to you. Well, when you have a passion for what you do, it just kind of comes very naturally. And I've been doing it for a long time too. Yeah, was... I just close my eyes and go with it and it comes through me. Yeah, it was so soft and airy and you're like, ah, you like melt into it. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was beautiful. So we did the body scan and so that gets you really into your body and then the glowing light and, and, and then the messages are really so important and the exhaling that fear was beautiful I Good. really enjoyed it and just that whole light of protection oftentimes people are a little nervous because they don't know what to expect okay. they might feel a little uncomfortable at first and so yeah. I just try to help them to get to a place where they're feeling really good where they can just let go and let that what we call left analytical brain go away and yeah. relax and allow the subconscious to come to the forefront yeah Beautiful. I loved it. It was some gorgeous guided individuals and, and you let my imagination go too, which was really fun. Yeah. Because it's really about what you create. I'm yeah. just the, the channeler. I, I just mm -hmm. do the facilitation. It's you creating whatever you want to experience and what you want to embrace in order for change to occur. Yeah. Hmm. Loved it. Uh, what are some... Are there any other tools for that you have for your clients? Well, I use something called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. That's a lot. EMDR for trauma. We all experience some sort of programming, usually early on, our first seven years. And I tell people the programming that you receive the first seven, eight years of life during your early developmental stages is somebody else's programming that they've hmm. put into you. It's not your own programming. And oftentimes it can be some sort of trauma or fear that you've experienced, may have been something on a verbal level, even a physical level, or even a spiritual level. Yeah. And it stays locked in the central nervous system. So oftentimes when there's a trigger event that occurs in one's adolescence or adulthood, all of that previous trauma comes up. And it's very harrowing. And so mm. what we try and do through something called rapid eye movement, you'll have to come in and try that. Yeah. And we desensitize the trauma and we link it up with a positive cognition. How would you rather feel now? And through the rewiring of neural networks in the brain, it's an amazing effective tool mm. that helps people to be able to desensitize their trauma and get on with the business of life. Wow. Yeah. It's really pretty powerful. And there's eye, it's, you guide the eye to move really quickly? Yes, uh, through my fingers. Some therapists use uh, vibrators or buzzers where the eyes go back and forth according to the, the buzzing signals. <gasps> and I'm just old-fashioned. I was trained many years ago in it, and so I use my fingers. And so the client actually follows my fingers. As we're talking about the negative event or the disturbance, we go back to that scene. And through each sweep, I call it, Hmm. The brain is desensitizing that traumatic information. And so once we get down to so many levels of disturbance that aren't as disturbing as we first started with, then we link it up with the positive cognition. Huh. And then we really say a positive statement that gets the person feeling like, this is how I feel now. And when it's to what we call a, a number seven, which is they feel really truthful, like this is really how I feel now mm. as opposed to how I felt. Then they're ready to move on with their life. Fascinating. Yeah, it really is. It used to be used only for, say, like 
Gulf War vets, Vietnam vets, for post-traumatic stress disorder. And now we find it's very effective for all kinds of different modalities of disturbances and trauma in one's life. So interesting. Yeah. In incredible that the eyes are connected. Yes. You're, you're kind of almost reframing the experience. Absolutely. In a way. It's like a bilateral stimulation mm. with the rapid eye movement. And generally, after a couple of, we call them sweeps, with, the, with them moving their eyes back and forth, people usually say something to the effect of, well, I feel calmer, or the scene's kind of faded for me. And it's amazing how effective even one session can be. Sometimes if it's a series of traumas or a lot of traumatic experiences, we'll need to do more than one session, obviously. Yeah. But some people have had their trauma totally uh, desensitized, and we've been able to reframe uh, in just one session. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's one of the other coping techniques that I use. So interesting. Uh, you also do help people with stress and anxiety. Is that related to Absolutely. these past well, experiences? You think about it, we all have stress in our lives. And uh, anxiety, it just it comes at us sometimes like a two-by-four externally. And sometimes we've just kept it on the inside, mm. and we don't really know how to cope with it. So I do a lot of breath work, mindfulness-based stress reduction. That's meditation. Sometimes people can just sit in the on the couch and just close their eyes and breathe and learn how to calm down. So when you're calm and you're in the moment, it sounds so simple mm. that some people have a really hard time with that because they're always out in the future or they're yeah. reeling in the past of what didn't get done and how bad they are, how bad they feel because of something that they didn't complete. Yeah. But if they can just be in the moment and calm down, it's amazing how, and if they put that protective shield around them, how that anxiety will bounce off in a way. And huh. then, of course, we do the work, but just to get them calm enough to be able to do the work is that it's just the breath work that that is huge for so many people. Yeah, it's yeah. true. I think that's why a lot of people shy away from meditation because they just calming down those constant thoughts Absolutely. feels it's, impossible. It does. It does because the thoughts keep coming in. Yeah. And then when they do keep coming in, I just say, just let yourself return to the breath. Yeah. And before you know it, they're actually in a very calm state. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you notice when you shallow breathe, that's when the anxiety or the panic is creeping in. So you're up here in your chest. <gasps> you know, I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't I can't be calm. But if you start down here in the belly, and that's why I say put your palm yeah. of your hand on yeah. your belly and feel your belly expand as you begin to breathe in relaxation and let all of that stress and tension go. That's where we start. That's the beginning point of departure. Then we do the work. Uh, some of that work can include uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, reframing, rethinking the way you think. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, we, when we think, it's those negative thoughts that come in. Yeah. And I hear so many people say, I don't know how to stop the negative thoughts coming in. Yeah. And that's how we start. And the breath, and then either through hypnotherapy, or some people might just want to cognitively work on it without yeah. hypnotherapy. Right. I have a, a guest coming on later, his name is Michael, and he was trained in Tibet and, and Nepal, and, and oh. um, one of his techniques is just to label the thought, thought. Yep. And, and then it goes away, it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. It's like almost like an instant cutoff. Yes, yes, and that can be very effective it, too. Yeah, it works really well for me. And then you can go right, right away, you can go back to the breath. Yes, absolutely, and just always remember to return to the breath. Yeah. And 
the deep breathing because that's what calms you. I always tell people that babies breathe diaphragmatically. Yeah. You know how they just breathe in and they breathe out very calmly. That's what we want to be able to do. But we get so caught up in the business of life and all the stress around us and within us and we forget. We forget how to breathe. And yeah. so we start breathing more shallow and then we get panicky and uh, that's how panic attacks can occur yeah. too. It is surprising how shallow we breathe. If you actually start paying attention, you're, yeah. you're taking micro breaths yes, almost yes. sometimes. And that brings on the anxiety and the stress. Uh, and that's what we want to get away from. Wonderful. Any other techniques you want to share? Oh, gosh. So those are the main, the main ones, ones that right? I use. The mindfulness, the cognitive behavioral, does the hypnotherapy, it, the EMDR. Does it shift when it's trauma or betrayal or ne neglect do they have different kind of or do, is it the same well, therapies it, that work for it's, all it's interesting because um, when somebody comes in and they say you know I've been betrayed that is one of in my opinion the deepest wounds of all it mm. is like your heart just shattering into a million pieces and yeah. that knife continues to go in it's it's a very very deep wound and usually we can trace betrayal back to sometime in our childhood. Mm. Uh, betrayal, abandonment, shame, they kind of all go together. Um, shame versus autonomy is our second developmental stage of life. And we can feel shame around age two. And wow. it might not be an intentional uh, uh, shaming by a parent or caregiver, but it might be for the child's best interest, but yeah. the child may feel there's something wrong with me, I am bad. And yeah. it may go back. And, and so we have to kind of trace, and that's where the hypnotherapy can come in. We mm -hmm. go back to early on subconscious rememberings of a lifetime. And so those are some pretty deep wounds, and we want to be able to heal those wounds. Yeah. And um, so I use a, a variety of the techniques that we've already talked yeah, about yeah, yeah. to heal shame, abandonment, and betrayal. Those are three archetypal wounds that we have. Thank you. You just uh, triggered, uh, reminded me of something that... Um, so I, I recently did a biomeridian test, and it yes. showed that I am carrying a fear of, uh, of attack yes. and a fear of loss. Yes. And to trace that back either to my childhood where uh, what my, my mother's husband left, and, mm -hmm. or my mom left my husband, her husband, and, uh, and I apparently cried for him for two years. Mm -hmm. I don't recall it now because it was only five or six years old, but... Um, so I wonder if that's the fear of loss or if it's traced back, if the fear of attack, for example, is traced back to my grandma who was in the concentration camps. Yeah. You know, it, it's such a good point because one of the things we really look at now is we look at DNA. I go back three generations when I work with a client. You know, do you know what was happening with parents, grandparents, great-grandparents? And um, as we were talking this morning, I read something recently that grandchildren of Holocaust survivors mm actually have dreams, nightmares about the death camps, not knowing their parents, or grandparents, excuse yeah. me, were in the Holocaust. Wow. So to me, that is just mind-blowing. fascinating. Yes, and so with regard to your feelings of fear, your soul, your subconscious knows. You might not recall yeah. sitting here consciously, but if we did a regression therapy and hypnosis, we would go back to, sometimes people go to the womb. If you believe in it, sometimes people go to other lifetimes where they've yeah. carried over certain events that were 
traumatic that they've never worked through. Mm. And, and that, that is known to happen. One of the experts in that area is Dr. Brian Weiss, uh, the author of Many Lives, Many Masters. Mm. And uh, it's, it's just fascinating work. Um, you're always learning something in this profession. Yeah. But in terms of the, the whole attack, um, that feeling that maybe something happened to you, it could have been verbally, it could have been physically that you've blocked and you don't remember. remember yeah. And something yet is just gnawing at you and it's locked in your central nervous system yeah. and that's trauma. And it's coming out of my dreams. Okay. And, I keep getting attacked in my dreams. Yeah, and dream work is so incredibly healing. And one of the things I tell people with dreams, I say, mm -hmm. ask for an answer to come to you in a dream. Mm -hmm. And ask from your heart and really get compassionate about I really need an answer and it may not come to you that night but ask every day or every, every night, night before you go to bed before ask. you go to bed Ooh, I like please that please let me have an answer about something that I have a question about and I really need some answers and if it does come to you you might be in a hypnagogic state that's kind of between that sleep and waking state and if you can just keep your eyes closed and just let that come behind your eyes and when you gradually wake up just record it either verbally or write it down otherwise if it's the next morning and you wake up you won't remember yeah the no dream. I, have a, I have a dream notebook now by my good because keep, keep coming yes I had get a tarantula in the last one. It was not yeah, fun. Yeah. And dreams are so full of symbology. Mm. And so you just might have to connect the dots for a yeah, while and yeah. try to figure out what it means. But I don't really analyze people's dreams because the dream is really your dream. But I can say, what do you think the symbology is? Yeah. You know, what does this mean to you? And then eventually you can sort of connect it and figure out what it right what it means sim yeah. symbolically for you. I've heard it's not what you're actually dreaming about, but how you feel in the dream. Like if you feel fear, if you yeah. feel yeah. anxiety. Or and I always say that anything coming from the mind is significant. That's very important. It's, so don't blow it off as, oh, it's nothing. You yeah. know, because it is something, because it's your subconscious working Talking. through something yeah. and, and trying to help heal you. So it is significant. It's it is important. It is fascinating. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. You okay. help people that were in relationships with narcissists. Yes. Talk um, to me about that. That's interesting. That seems to be a hot topic these days. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't right. know if it has to do with what's happening in our whole society. <laughs> but uh, I, when I was an adolescent, I didn't even know what narcissist was. I never even heard of the word. And I have 14, 15-year-olds coming in my office these days saying, you know, well, he's a narcissist or she's a narcissist. And I'm thinking, wow, have things changed. But what I try to help people understand is... Most likely, if there is a narcissist or an energy vampire in your life, chances are you may be an empath. And there's a spectrum of empaths. And empaths are people who generally want to save the planet. Um, they have uh, a lot of love, a lot of giving. They um, trust others. They see the good in everyone. They're compassionate. They're people who will take on a lot and they're the do-gooders, yeah. they're the volunteers, so you get the picture, and again, yeah. that's on a spectrum. But what happens with empaths, they have wonderful gifts and, and strengths themselves, but when they get hooked up with a narcissist, oftentimes they really lose themselves, and they end up 
having to learn some pretty hard lessons, whether it's betrayal, abandonment um, themselves. And they're the types that are going to get their hearts broken yeah. um, when they're betrayed or when somebody abandons them or treats them badly. And yeah. narcissism, there's a spectrum of that as well. And you can have narcissistic traits or you can be a full-blown narcissistic personality disorder. And that's actually in our DSM-5 diagnostic manual. And it is a part of what we refer to as cluster B personality disorders. Mm. So again, it depends on where somebody is on the spectrum. But um, I do try to help people understand it's not you. It, it is something that someone said or did that made you feel inadequate or broken. Mm. And what we have to learn to do is use protection strategies and take care of yourself and set rock-solid boundaries to help yourself so that you don't succumb to the tricks of a narcissist yeah. and the manipulation and control because they lack empathy. And empaths are so empathetic and so have a degree of empathy. And narcissists know it. They can pick them out. And it's almost like they go, okay, I'm going to pick you to manipulate and control and use and abuse. And, uh, and they stick around. They know who's going to stick around. Absolutely. So maybe that's why. Yeah. And that's what happens. Going. And so, uh, again, I, I see a lot of um, more women than men. But, however, there are women narcissists and there are... Um, people out there who succumb to the narcissism in uh, relationships dealing with women. Too. How do you help an empath uh, overcome? Uh, try to help them with realizing what an empath is okay. and understanding all the beautiful gifts and sensitivities that they have. They might come in and say, you know, I know I'm so highly sensitive. There's something wrong with me. No, no, no. Mm. There's nothing wrong with you. Please enjoy those gifts and sensitivities. However, it's how you use them to what degree yeah. so that you're not taken advantage of and so yeah. that you don't become a doormat yeah, yourself. And you set, set boundaries like you said. Absolutely. Before. You yeah. have to set rock solid boundaries with others. And sometimes it comes to the point where you just say, no, I simply can't. Mm. That's a very powerful statement. And not an empath yeah. specialty. No, that. not at all. Empaths come in and they say, I don't I... know how to set boundaries. Yeah. I don't have a clue because they've been yes people. Yeah. But remember, I think Oprah said this, saying no means yes for you. So uh -huh. just learning how to set those rock solid boundaries can it. really help an empath. I think empaths are also defined by, uh, or they feel good when they help, and so it's 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 yes. self love in Absolutely. a way to overly love someone else. Absolutely, and it's, it's, it's just fine line. yeah, it's just when that you you get taken advantage of yeah, and used, and uh, narcissists have a. a a real knack for knowing how to do that. Yeah. We have literally just two minutes left. Okay. So uh, could we end on your explanation of mindful living? Ah, again, being right here, right now, there's so many components to mindful living, mindful eating, yes. mindful walking, um, having a meditation practice. And by that, I don't mean feeling like you have to go to Tibet and sit on top of the mountain, just simply being able to lie down or sit or even stand Close your eyes, take those few deep breaths, and just be grateful for the moment. And um, eating mindfully, chewing your food, putting your fork down in between, mm. and not eating on the run or in your car. Sitting down and just taking those deep breaths and really having a, a love for gratefulness, too. Yeah and uh, being grateful in life. Yeah, I see that. All right, so homework for you guys out there is to make a note 
first thing in the morning. Today, I commit to being mindful. I'm committing to one mindful act, and that may be just eating your breakfast, only eating your breakfast, not with your cell phone on, nothing else, but enjoying every single bite, smelling it, enjoying the grapefruit or whatever you start your day with. Take that opportunity, commit to it first thing in the morning, and then do something, some act of mindfulness throughout the day. Absolutely, and unplug every now and then. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Constance, for being on Thank the show. Thank you. I was so Lovely. grateful for you sharing your information. We will put your information on aspentalkshealth.com, as always, um, but how can people reach you? What's the best? Uh, they can call me, 970-376-4163. Um, email me, doc, dr, Dr. Constance Clancy at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, text me, and uh, I'm located at 135 West Main Street in Sweet G. We'll put all that information up there. And also, please go to AspenTalksHealth.com and subscribe. And you will get notified of when the next episodes come out and a whole bunch of other information about different articles because I study all sorts of things. I'm always researching. So you can find all that information there. And thank you guys for tuning in.